1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Scaredy Chat, the podcast where we talk about all of your childhood fears, plus a few things that are scaring us right now. I'm Caitlin Riley, And I'm Monica Suriaghi. Welcome back, guys. It is officially spooky season. We are right in the middle of it. We are awaiting halloween it's gonna be great um but yeah i mean everybody knows that halloween is not just one day it is not just one weekend it is an entire season at least a month long and yeah monica and i are constantly celebrating halloween in a way but
0: oh my gosh yes (laughs) halloween to us it's a lifestyle it's a lifestyle lifestyle. choice
1: (laughs) it's an oath we have taken to uphold amazing yeah so this season uh has been kind of much better than last year's where I felt like I I celebrated Halloween by basically just being inside my house watching movies. There were no costumes, there were no haunted houses. It was tragic. But in celebration of that, we are of course talking about scary movies, revisiting a scary movie that we talk about all of the time on the podcast. And also two movies that are new that Monica actually saw in a movie theater sitting down. How crazy. Last year, that would be so scary in itself. So That I, would be a horror in <laughs> itself.
0: Exactly. 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 And I just need to reiterate to everyone listening that a Caitlyn without her haunted houses is, is like a comedian without access to Twitter. Very sad.
1: Very, very, very sad. And this year, so it's already, when we're recording this, guys, by the way, it is October 4th. So... Very, very, very early into spooky season for us. But when you listen to this in the near future, it'll be a little deeper to the season for you. <laughs> but I've already been to two haunted houses. All of you listening, you
0: know by now that a key part of Caitlin's personality is her love of haunted houses. Do you want to go with her? No. Does she care? No, you're coming. Because that is what this month is all about for Caitlin Riley. So... We thought it would be good for all of you out there who are also obsessed with haunted houses or are maybe just getting into it to uh, get some wise, wise knowledge from the queen of haunted houses herself. So everybody, this is a new segment, especially for the Halloween season, called Caitlin's Haunts, where she's going to
1: count down her top tips for attending haunted houses. Well, thank you so much, Monica, for that absolutely lovely introduction as everybody knows, I try to hit as many haunted houses in the L.A. area as I can. And when I was living other places, I would also try to hit all of the haunted houses that I could possibly go to. I actually remember I dragged my dad to several haunted houses in New York when I was too young to, like, go by myself. Um, and it was, you know, it was very lovely. But... oh, Yeah, I think he liked it. I think that he was down, but I did see some weird stuff with my dad that maybe... Probably shouldn't have seen. Anyway. Father <laughs> daughter bonding. It's like just like a lot of like decapitated heads. So I have been to so many haunted houses. Every year I try to hit at least five, upwards of ten. Sometimes I go to them in the off season too when they're available, which you would think wasn't a thing, but in LA, definitely a thing. And yeah, I have some tips for people who are trying to have like their best spookiest experience. And if you're in LA, this is going to be especially relevant to you. But if not, I feel like everybody could kind of relate. You know, there's haunted houses all over. I think the first thing you have to think about is how much time you actually want to wait on lines. So my first tip, if you are line-phobic like I am, is get a fast pass. That is the number one tip that I have. Because if there's nothing worse than... Going from being, oh, I'm so, like, afraid, but I'm excited. Ooh, I wonder if they're going to jump out at me. To, oh, my God, how long have we been waiting in this line? It's been 45 minutes. It's been an hour. It's been two hours if you're at <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights. Okay, so that, to me, just ruins the experience a little bit. The second tip I would say is, while you're waiting in this line, avoid terrible haunted house goers. Is that a good way to phrase that. I'm not sure. But the second tip is basically all about having a good experience once you get inside because usually on these haunted houses, the lines don't just end when you're in the haunted house. Usually what happens is your line kind of snakes through the haunted house because usually the haunted house lets in you know like your party but then also like the party or two in front of you. So maybe you and your friends are super chill with everything. You know, you guys are going to like, you, you know, you know when to scream and when not to. You know when to move and when to like pause for like, you know, the dramatic scare effects and everything. But if you go with somebody, if you go with a group where they just freeze and scream and don't let you pass, or worse, they're like running around the whole haunted house and just being a chaotic mess, that is going to totally change your experience. So, for example, at Halloween Horror Nights, one of the things that I like to avoid is younger kids, especially, no shade, but if you're with a group of like 13-year-olds in front of you, They're going to scream at everything. They're going to be taking out their phones. They might even punch like a poor guy in a skeleton mask. It's just, it's not going to be pretty. And you are not going to get the full effect of the haunted house because you're so worried about what are these crazy kids going to do that it's going to ruin my good time. And then there's also the people who they are so afraid that they kind of steal all of your scares. So what happens in a lot of haunted houses is you're going to walk through the haunted house, people are kind of like scaring people on a time, on like a timeline. So they scare like every fourth guest or something, or they scare somebody like every 35 seconds. But if they see that somebody is like particularly prone to being afraid, they tend to scare those people more than they scare you. So you're going to basically watch somebody else get a, get the jump scare that you kind of want, that you kind of crave. And I just think that's... That you paid for. Exactly. You paid for that. You paid for that. You're not getting it. So my thing is just be cautious about who is in front of you in line. Do like a quick personality assessment, maybe chat with them. And then if they seem just like a bad time... Move to the back, you know, move a few people down. Just pretend, make an excuse, pretend that's your friend, you know, four four rows back, and, and you just hop in there, and it's gonna be a better time for you, I promise. So here's my last tip. And this tip is about who is in your own party. Now, as Monica can attest, I love dragging people to haunted houses. But you don't want to drag the wrong person to a haunted house. So this tip is Make sure all of your friends are chill. So look, if you've ever been to a haunted house before with a group of friends, you know that there's going to be somebody who is extremely afraid and somebody who, you know, could just walk through as though they were like walking through a supermarket. And you do need like a good mix of those people in order to have a good time because you want the person who's having the most fun being scared but you don't want someone who you actually are going to traumatize by going through this haunted house. I did have an experience with that, with this when I was in high school and I felt so terrible because this person was genuinely like too afraid of this haunted house. Like they should not have gone through it. It was not a good vibe. Like I felt so bad about it. Like they really just like, it like really unsettled them. And I love I love dragging people to haunted houses, but I never want to bring somebody who is like truly not okay with what they're doing or what they're seeing. So I think that if you have a friend who feels very, very apprehensive about going with you, just be like, it's okay. Like sit this one out. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to drag you to something that you're uncomfortable with. Also don't bring your most aggressive friend to these haunted houses Don't bring the person who, you know, if somebody, like, accidentally bumps into them at a bar is, like, going to punch their face. I don't think you should be friends with those people in general. I feel like that is a toxic friend, (laughs) a toxic trait in a person. But when you're in these haunted houses, people are trying to fuck with you. Like, that is the entire goal of that. And if you feel like your friend is, like, a little too excited to have an excuse to hit someone... That is not the kind of person you want to bring into a haunted house. You will get kicked out. They will not give you your money back. And you're going to have a bad time. And the haunted house is supposed to be a super fun time. And if you ruin my haunted house experience, I will never talk to you again. So there's that. And they will have deserved it. They will have deserved it.
0: All right. So to, to recap, Caitlin's top three tips for having the best hauntingly haunted time is one, bring a fast pass, you cheapskates two, do a little look around on who's with you in line. Do they suck? Maybe you should move. And tip three, do your own friends suck? Don't bring them. I think those are solid tips, Caitlin. I am going to keep these in mind the next
1: time you make me come with you. Yeah, don't worry. Monica, you're not any of those people. So I appreciate that about you. Obviously. Oh, thank you. I, I happily dragged you to one of these haunted houses.
0: And it was fun. The whole time I was like, huh, "You, Caitlin, I know you get this. The whole time I'm at a haunted house... I'm worried that there is a real killer who has come under the shield of fake fear who is going to actually stab me. That's, that's the problem.
1: Well, it's so funny you say that because I sent this article to you a couple of days ago. <laughs> Basically, the article the article is literally like, a boy is stabbed at a haunted house by an actor who brought real knife. So that is the headline. So obviously I send that headline to Monica immediately, having not opened this article yet. So I'm like, oh my god, it's our greatest fear. Blah, 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 blah. And then I actually read the article. And this is a good lesson in media media literacy, everyone, because if you <laughs> if you don't read an article, you really shouldn't be sending it to people. So I click, I click this article, I open it, and I read it. And this is what happened. To this kid at the haunted house. One, the kid is fine. The kid was baiting an actor. Sorry if this kid is, you know, apologies to this kid who did get somewhat injured, but this kid apparently was like talking to this actor and was like, you don't have a, you know, you're not really going to hurt me, like blah, 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 blah. And then what happened was, I guess the actor in a mask, in a costume or whatever came up to him and hit his foot with what they said was a real knife. I don't really understand that part. But the funniest thing about this is this poor kid was wearing Crocs which have those holes in them and I guess he got like a a cut on his foot after, you know, after he he came over and he hit him with this knife. It was a total accident apparently, allegedly. But the funniest thing about it is One, this headline is like, oh my God, this poor kid. Is he okay? Is he alive? The kid and his mom went through the whole haunted house. Like, this was like waiting online for this to happen. But like, after he was quote unquote stabbed and like got a band-aid, he like just, he went through the house like everything was fine. So I have yet to see a real killer in a haunted house scenario. I hope I never do. But I just thought it was hilarious that it was like, oh, you are preying on this here that we all have, but also... Nobody actually got hurt Right Great. It's like
0: whoever wrote that article Knows people are afraid of that so That's why they titled it that way But I'm going to go in I'm going to throw in a fourth tip, Caitlin Number four Wear closed shoes, you idiots Why are you yeah. wearing like, crocs and something <laughs> like that? What's up, everyone? It's Tana Mojo, and we're still canceled. Our podcast, Canceled with Tana Mojo, is back, and my favorite clean girl, Brooke Schofield, is by my side. We've grown up ever so slightly since our last episodes, and we're so excited to dive back into what's going on in our personal lives, gossip about pop culture, talk about lessons we continue to learn, and bridges we continue to burn. It's going to be wild, hilarious, and probably a little bit messy. So pause whatever show you're listening to right now and go follow Canceled with Tana Mojo on Apple Podcasts, podcast Spotify or wherever you like to get your podcast so you don't miss out on your weekly dose of chaos as we laugh at each other laugh at our own lives and maybe even give you a little advice along the way Woohoo!
2: it's time to turn off the lights and turn on the dark. <laughs> this is chilling tales for dark nights. Good evening, listener. I'm Steve Taylor, your host to a horror anthology podcast, where we ask you to depart from your safe perception of reality to descend with us into the frightening depths and dark corners of twisted imaginations. With carefully curated original tales of terror each week, our deepest rooted fears are brought to the forefront by a diverse cast of voice talent and masterfully eerie sound design that bring these stories to life. We'll give you tales of unnerving encounters with the occult harrowing hauntings, and sinister seances that show just how darkness knows no bounds. If you're like us here at Chilling Tales and enjoy feeling your stomach filling with dread as dastardly demons dance in your head, make sure to check out Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe now To always be the first to enjoy the horror show.
1: Okay, so now uh, we have a new segment, which this is a Monica title, which I think is extremely clever Friend or Phobia? So for this segment, we're going to guess a phobia that has an unusual name that we can't just guess. Um, And I'm going to basically be quizzed by Monica on what this is. So, Monica, what is the phobia that you have for me this time around?
0: Oh, yes. Let me tell you that I spent a lot of time on Google earlier today reading about weird phobias. There are so many things you can be afraid of that you would think you would not be afraid of. There's a, There's a lot. But this one felt right. You know, I, I came across this one and I was like, ooh, for our first one ever, yes, we're going to go with this one. And I I don't know if I'm saying this right, because also all of these phobias are incredibly difficult to say. So I'm trying. Um, but OK, this phobia is generally thought of actually as a combination of a lot of other phobias put together. It's called sam Samwinophobia. What do you think it is, Caitlin?
1: Is it a fear san- sanguine? Samwin? I don't. I don't.
0: Can you hear this? Okay, this is like the, the article doing its own pronunciation. Let me see if you can hear it. Did you hear that?
1: No. <laughs> ah, man, I,
0: I wish you could hear it.
1: It's okay. I can always look it up later. Well, it's spelled, uh, here, it's spelled
0: S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Oh phobia.
1: Okay, so I still have no idea sam- how to pronounce w- it.
0: Sam-win-a-phobia.
1: So it's not the fear of blood. The only reason I say that is because sa- like sanguine, I think, is blood, but that's not the word, so I don't know why I'm continuing to guess that. Um and it's a bu- it's a bunch of phobias all put together.
0: Uh, this article kind of fudges you to want to think that, but okay. it's really Yeah, that's part partially the definition. Is it a fear of, like, animals? It can be specific kinds, depending on a lot of other things. That is not a helpful hint. <laughs> is it a fear of zoos? Oh, no, you're going in the wrong direction. Veer away.
1: Okay. <laughs> is, it, is it a fear... Okay, can I ask questions? Of course. Okay, is it, is it a fear of something that, like, is... Is it a fear of something... That, like, like, bugs or anything like that?
0: Um, bugs can be included, but here, this is a big hint to help you get there really fast. Bugs can be included, but they have to be a certain festive kind of bug, not just any bugs. Is it a
1: fear of Christmas? No, but you are close. Is it a fear of Santa Claus? I don't know why bugs would be involved in that. Uh, okay,
0: no, but... Stay in this mindset. It's not Christmas, but something else.
1: Is it a fear of Halloween? Ding 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 ding! Boo! That's my Halloween winter noise. Wow! Wow! That's <laughs> so smart. It was just so so smart. Wow!
0: Yes, samophobia all... <laughs> is a
1: fear of Halloween. Wait. Okay. So why is it called that though? Why isn't it called a like, right. Halloweenophobia? <laughs> Wait, can we just keep it simple for the love
0: of spooky things? Okay. Yes. Uh, Samwinophobia, I'm reading directly from an article. I will cite it very quickly. It's called verywellmind.com. I know nothing about how reputable this site is, but this is where I got this information from. Um, Here we go. Samwinophobia is a term rooted in ancient pagan traditions. The Samwin Festival was centered around massive bonfires, ritual sacrifices to gods, and fortune-telling. Participants were, participants generally wore costumes made from animal skins. That
1: sounds like a terrifying festival, but it also sounds like Halloween with just like a darker, more macabre twist, like the Halloween that we celebrate today. So that's where it came from, I guess.
0: Exactly. And um, also, uh, it is believed that because Halloween is eerie and a culmination of a lot of scary things, salmonophobia is really a fear of dark things overwhelmingly put together. So that's why it's, in theory, it is actually a combination of other fears, other phobias. So some of the other phobias included are ghosts, witches, vampires, zombies, blood, gore, lightning, masks, animatronics, me, tombstones, clowns, me, loud noises, and uh, the darkness. And actually the fear of the darkness is another phobia called nyctophobia, which our beloved uh, Keanu
1: Reeves suffers from. Keanu Reeves is afraid of the dark? Doesn't it make you love him more? Yeah. Oh, wow. He's a winner. He He's so relatable. Love him. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Like all of these phobias, you know, you know about the the fear of the dark. You even know about like the fear of Halloween. Like there are people who don't like all the things that Halloween entails But what I think is interesting about this segment is, like, there are so many random phobias that you had, like, no idea about. So it's very interesting to me because I had no idea. I just knew what I was afraid of, which was a lot of other things like heights and, you know, drowning in the ocean and other what I thought were fairly sensible things. But who knows? Turns out you could be afraid of a balloon or uh, dust or air. (laughs) <laughs> I I am kind of afraid of balloons so <laughs> that is the oh thing God. I am I am kind of afraid of balloons like the idea of like a balloon being blown up and then popping really freaks me out like I don't like that and I don't want to I don't want to fuck with it I don't it's know why. Scary. No, it, it is scary. scary. It is scary.
0: alarming. Sometimes they sound like maybe, I, don't, I probably don't know what a real gunshot sounds like, but sometimes it sounds like maybe it's that when you're in a crowded place and a balloon pops. That's scary.
1: Yeah. Like, even if, you know, we go to like parties and stuff, sometimes like dance parties and they throw balloons back and forth or whatever concerts they have that. And I'm always like, I don't like it. And I would rather them not. So that's how I feel about that. Yeah.
0: yeah I'm a- we're already being stimulated by this event. You I don't need the balloons to exactly. it's
1: fine. It's too much. It's always too much. Yeah. So, Monica, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but you saw movies in a theater that are spooky in the spooky season. Wow. So many things to do. <laughs> yes. So many things. So can you tell us a little bit about the movies that you saw, what you thought of them? what the experience was like seeing them in a theater with a big crowd, please do tell. Yes.
0: Yes. So this past weekend I went to fantastic fest, which is a fantastic fest in Austin. And I was lucky enough to go because uh, my short film, uh, La Cigar Siempre is uh, screened there in front of one of the features. So that was dope. And uh, it was just three days of watching movies nonstop. I think we saw, Six films, we had tickets for more, but honestly, we started to burn out. We were like, can't, can't, cannot carry on. Um, And there are two, three films in particular that really stood out, Um, two for being bonkers, one for being like, this is hitting and I love this, and I I would actually seek this out to watch it again. The first film that, wow, this thing is wild. Um, It was called The Sadness. It is a uh, Taiwanese film. It was shot on location in uh, Taipei, Taiwan. And uh, the cast is uh, all Asian people. I believe the director is actually Canadian, though. Um, his name is Rob Habaz. I am so sorry if I'm not saying that right. It's J A B B A Z. And uh, he's actually mainly a self taught animator and then now is moving into features. Um, this movie is a uh, shocker, another zombie, zombie movie. Um, and I thought that because it was a zombie movie and we've seen them all, and how much how, how different can they really be from each other after a certain point? Um, that's why I was like, oh, this is going to be whatever. And honestly, it wasn't our first choice. But what we really wanted to see, we it's like a lottery system, and we didn't get tickets for that one. So we went to this one. And I, all, that's all I knew with that zombie movie this is the most fucked up zombie movie to exist and I did read about it later that critics and reviews and whatnot are saying that it is the most violent zombie movie to exist it has set a new record
1: okay so when you say fucked up do you mean fucked up like wow so bloody or do you mean like wow like fucked up me emotionally etc both
0: Both. And I will tell, I will tell you why. Okay. So this film, yes, has a new spin on what makes a person a zombie, right? Usually it's, oh, I got bit by this thing that's so slow. I could have easily run away from it, but it bit me. And now I'm losing my consciousness. You know, I'm becoming a zombie. I can't think anymore. Right. And I have a, all I can, it's just the hunger for flesh. And I don't think that's like the zombie we know. These zombies, one, it's, okay, it's also very based on COVID. Like, it's very obviously, like, inspired by COVID. There is a uh, pandemic in Taiwan. It's been going on for a year already. And no one is, like, that sick, but no one's taking it seriously either. Like, it's oh, it's, become, no. <laughs> yes, it's become very politicized, you know, like, no, this, the doctors are like, this is going to get really bad, and no one's listening. Um, So that's where we start. Um, but this, all of a sudden, this is one like, of the science. Obviously, it's not real, but it kind of doesn't check out because it happens all at once, like on the same day. Um, but basically, this virus mutates and the virus is very closely linked to being rabies. And it basically turns into that and it uh, breaks the limbic system in your brain which controls like impulse control. So that it goes away. So now people can still think and speak and are sentient and make decisions, but they only do the most fucked up things they could imagine. The things deep inside your soul that maybe you think about in passing, but you would never actually do. Everyone's doing it. Like everyone, you know, what's, What's the most violent thing you've just quickly thought of? They're doing it, you know? And um, this is where I have to critique the film a little bit because it's very obviously made made by a man because there's a lot of sexual assault. Uh You know, there's a lot of that. The biggest trigger warning I can give, if that is something not for you, do not watch this. Um, But, and you know, they say it at one point, they're like, there's so much sexual assault happening. The Men and women, like they're all assaulting each other. But you only see men assaulting women. You never see a woman assault someone. It's always the man doing it. And that's where I'm like, that was a big, obvious miss, my man. Like, if you're going to do it, do it both, you know? So or
1: Or I guess it's like, that should be the commentary, I guess. Like, if it's only men thinking that, like, why is it only the man the men thinking that if sure. that is like the concept he, he, of exa- it.
0: Yeah, I I I agree with that too. He just shouldn't ha- they shouldn't have been like both genders. Everyone's doing it and then only show one doing it, you
1: know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but wow. There's
0: that's- um, <laughs> spoilers on spoilers. I'm sorry. You should all still see it, but I I got I got to just tell Caitlin. I can't. I can't I can't do this and not tell her. Okay. So, uh there is a uh infected, if you will, infected people, a bloody orgy scene where it's like five or six people and they're just covered in blood covered. And um, it all, uh, it starts with like a granny, you know, it's an old lady. She's like one of the first ones sick and she wanders into this restaurant and everyone's like, ma'am, are you okay? And she picks up a frying basket of french fries and she slams it into this guy's face and then she claws it and his skin comes off and you can see the fat under his skin and the muscle all of that stuff looks really good and I, i'm pretty sure most of it was practical it looked it looked practical
1: i'm pretty sure um, that she really did that so. she and you know what she did claw
0: his face off he is hit no more it's a very practical effect <laughs> um but oh my god name name a violent thing that could happen to a person they do it um and they they, you see it you know and um in the you know the arc of the movie is that there's a couple that at the you know they start the day together then they're separated and all this shit starts happening and it's just them trying to get back to each other so that they can try to escape Hey everyone, I'm Devin Werkheiser. I'm Lindsay Shaw. And I'm Daniel Curtis Lee, and we are the hosts
1: of Ned's, Ned's Declassified, Declassified Podcast Survival Guide.
0: Guide. Ever wonder what happened to Ned and Cookie? Well, we're back. We helped you guys survive middle school. And
1: now we're helping you
0: survive adulthood.
1: On Ned's Declassified Podcast Survival Guide, we are re-watching episodes, bringing you special guests like Coconut Head and Janitor Gordy, and catching up on the last 15 years. We're talking about everything, from dating mishaps, to mental health and maintaining friendships, and asking the question, how?
0: do we survive adulthood? Maybe we don't always have the answers, but we're going to figure it out together. Come
1: join us. So pause that podcast you're listening to and subscribe to Ned's Declassified Podcast Survival, Survival Guide on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, Monica, did you watch did you watch a non-zombie movie at Fantastic Fest? Or... You know, um, uh, I did
0: see some non-zombie movies. This next one I would say is Zombie Adjacent. Oh, also to to backtrack, the Sadness did win best horror film at the festival.
1: Good for you guys. Well
0: deserved because that was fucked up. Um, But yeah, so this other film was called The Exorcism of God and um, I you know, I've said it here several times. I went to Catholic school. I have a very uh, complicated relationship with religion and all the experiences that going to Catholic school will force onto you. So when I, I tend to stay away from religious based horror. It's just not my thing. So the exorcism of God, uh, had, uh, Joseph Marcel from Fresh Prince. So that was cool. Um, I haven't seen him in anything since Fresh Prince. So I was like, Oh, geez, in this cool. Like, that's awesome. Um, but it's basically about a priest who is called in to do an exorcism on a young woman, but he is not ready. He has not finished the training. He does not have the blessing of the Vatican to go in and do this. And they're basically like, if you don't do it, she'll die. And it's, this is a, it's such obvious nods to the exorcist, you know, like a woman speaking in a gross man's voice and she has the yellow eyes and she's all slimy and she's being very sexual. Um, so it's like, yeah, if the exorcist had been made now, it would have looked like that. So the priest gets there and he's losing this exorcism because he's not ready. And then he, he does manage to exorcise the demon, but it goes into him. And then it cuts... Uh. Um, and then now it's 18 years later and he is fine. He's a super successful priest.
1: He like he's has, fine.
0: he's fine. a movie. He, done. No, he, yeah, he was fine. He's a super successful priest, whatever that means for them. He's doing really well for his community. Um, the town is also all takes place in Mexico. Um, he's white, which I have some thoughts on. He's white, but the town, ta- it's a town in Mexico. And they love him. Everybody in the town loves him. But then there is this girl in prison who is now possessed again. And it's the same demon. Um, The demon's name is Balban. Will I look that up to see if it's a real demon? I'm a little afraid to, so I haven't. But uh, that's (laughs) his name. And, yeah, it's possessed this girl, same thing, same look. She's fucking creepy. She's chained up. She bites people's fingers off, the usual. And, um... Basically, a uh, Fresh Prince guy comes now to, and they go and exercise the demon together out of the women's prison. Now he is also being haunted by the demon, like he's having. They do a sleep paralysis scene, which was they Ooh, did it very well. They did it very fun. well. And um, so, before they actually go to the prison to do the exorcism, he's getting uh, haunted by like things. And this is where I have problems, Caitlin, because this movie did images, created images that if I did this, I would be so scared that I am damned. (laughs) Like, I'm going to hell.
1: Like, what? They did things that I'm, when I saw this, I was like, you're not allowed to do that. But, I mean, you obviously <gasps> Wait, are. What is this movie? Do I want to watch? Do I want to know? I'm going to tell you. You should yeah. still watch it. I also watch it, but do I? should I be prepared, like, emotionally? It, I
0: mean, you don't have as much religious baggage as I do, so it might not scare you as much. But for, for those of you recovering Catholic school kids out there, this is awful. <laughs> really quickly, here's the third film. This is the film that my film played with. Uh, yes, it was called so, so Good. And this was probably my favorite second, first Favorite film of the whole festival. Um, it was called Saloum, and it is a film from Senegal, and it was so good. So this film was called Saloum. It is from uh, Senegal, and it was directed by Jean-Luc Herbilo. I probably did not say that. But basically, it combines, it's like half a heist film and the director said it was inspired by Red Dead Redemption, so it's half mercenary heist thing, and then it be- but then it becomes a horror. It like takes a hard left into like actual horror, and there's like spirits that if you hear them you die. And I was like, "Ooh, that's a good pairing with my short." We're the same thing, and um, also it was drawing from African folklore. These these spirits. And basically, there's like these three mercenary dudes who are all very good-looking African men. And um, <laughs> they're not. Mer- <laughs> <laughs> and even though they're mercenaries, they're not really evil. They have a pact, like like a brotherhood, and they're like they're good guys, you know. And they have to uh, extract a member of the cartel from a town in Africa and get him to another country. So they're trying to do that. But then the plane they're in goes down because it runs out of fuel. And then the one guy is like, oh, I kind of know where we are. There's a resort over here, like a mile away. Let's go stay at the resort until the cops stop looking for us. Then we can leave. So they go to the resort and you find out while they're there that he has ulterior motives. He set this all up. He wanted to go there because the man who runs it abused him as a child. And he's planning his revenge all
1: this time. It's an intricate plot.
0: Yeah. Like also, the movie was only eighty minutes long, and it just like goes. Like they they crammed a lot of shit in there, and I thought it all worked really well. Um, and the moral of the story is that like if you seek revenge, you will drown. You will not. You know. You will not be better for seeking revenge. It will only hurt you. Um, and I thought it was brilliantly done. The characters were all really interesting and it was fast paced. Sometimes it felt like a video game and it looked really good. And it wasn't so scary that I couldn't like think, you know, like sometimes like with the sadness with everyone fucking getting their faces ripped off every four seconds and there's not really much plot, you know, it's just like, look, violence, 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 and then like the violence slowly takes you to the end of the movie. But this was like an actual plot with stakes and people making decisions,
1: you know? I don't know, Monica. That granny who throws the frying oil on that guy's face, that's, that's something I want to watch, weirdly. I don't know what <laughs> that says it. about me. I think that, that says a lot more negative things about me than it needs to, but... Yeah, I mean, that also sounds really cool, though. All of these movies sound so exciting, like, for different reasons. I actually really want to watch all of them.
0: Yes, I, I hope uh, you can find them all. I think I think most of them are having theatrical releases, so we'll be able to see them.
1: Yay. Okay. Well, okay, so I have a question. How was the reception to your short at this festival that has, like, all these horror fans and everything like that? It
0: was good. It was good. It was I got to good. intro it. Yeah, I went up and, like, you know, said hi, and uh, there was lots of applause at the end, a little bit of shrieking when the legs spin around, you know, which is what I always want. And um, the short did pair really well with the feature, you know. It was both um, culturally driven folklore, uh, turning into something that maybe you didn't intend to. Again, specific monsters that if you hear them, you're going to die. And, um, yeah, and also... um, taking these cultural beliefs and mixing them with modern problems. Um, And I was like, wow, this, these went together really well. And it was, it was dope. It was really cool.
1: Well, Monica, this was a very fun midway through spooky season episode. I'm so excited to continue on our Halloween movies and haunted house journey this month. Yeah. Wow. Yes. You know, it's a, it's the most wonderful time of the year, Caitlin. It really is. It really is. Is there is there anything that you're particularly looking forward to as we close out our spooky season episode?
0: Oh, good idea. Well, you know, I am still trying to figure out what I'm going to be for Halloween. So <gasps> if anybody has any suggestions, let me know. I have some ideas. But, you know, I usually plan this way. Usually by now, I have already bought everything. And at this point, I'm still figuring it out, which
1: I'm a little nervous about.
0: But if
1: you have any thoughts on that, let me know. Monica is, like, the queen of Halloween costumes. Like, for as good as you are at Halloween costumes, I am as terrible at Halloween costumes. (laughs) Like, she always has, like, not... It's not just, like, oh, she's a great idea, and, like, she bought a costume at Party City. It's, like, the specific accessories that you buy and find for your costumes. And also, it's, like, you never pick someone basic. You're never, like, oh, I'm gonna do, like, you know, whatever. I don't don't know what's basic. You're never gonna be a cat, you know? (laughs) You're never going to be a cat. You're going to dress your cat up like something oh, innovative. Yeah. And I bought never all gonna of his costumes. <laughs> yeah. You told me that you had like six costumes for, yeah, for emo. He's, gonna, he's not going to like it, but I will. I like it too. I, I fully support it. Sorry, emo. So sorry. <laughs> With that, Monica, where can they find you? <laughs> oh, yes. We never plug ourselves. Ooh. I know. Um, it's
0: very exciting. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Harmonica Blues or on Twitter as Horror Chata. What about you, Caitlin?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Riley Tweets, R-E-I-L-O-Y Tweets. Well, it's been great, Scaredy Cats. Have a very, very happy spooky season, and we will see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for
0: joining us here today on scaredy chat we hope you were a little scared and maybe a little relieved about your fears and if you're having fun listening to this podcast please rate and review and subscribe so you never miss it and you're ready with us every week and hey make sure you follow us on social media you can find us on instagram at scaredy chat underscore podcast and maybe you have a fear and you're wondering if other people are afraid of it too Well, we probably are, but you should email us your fears at story at scaredychatpod.com and maybe we'll talk about it on the show. Till next time, scaredy cats. Bye. Security Chat was developed and hosted by Caitlin Riley and Monica Moore Suriyagi. produced by Jeff Swimmer, editing and sound design by Fitz Harris, theme music by Eric Fashingbauer. with samples by Jeff Zahn and Jack Lenz, and Gail Gilman is the executive producer.